ESPN Radio. Douglas and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Candy call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And we've been talking all show long about Tom Brady returning for his 23rd season. And we'll get into what that means for the Tampa Bay Bucks, as well as all of the holes that they have to fill over the course of the next few days at the start of free agency. But, Harry... Before we do that, we got to talk about another former Patriot and former being the operative word because free agent cornerback J.C. Jackson just got a bag of money, five years, $82.5 million, which $40 million guaranteed. Who did he get it from? The team that you hooked him up with when we played NFL free agent matchmaker the Los Angeles Chargers. So Harry Douglas called it here in the 3 o'clock hour of our show and we're talking about J.C. Jackson an hour and a half later getting an $82.5 million contract for the Chargers. And at first blush, Harry, the Chargers <laughs> are staffing up. They made the move late last week to trade for Khalil Mack, giving them, in my opinion, the second-best pass rush tandem in the entire NFL. And now you're talking about J.C. Jackson pairing with Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James in that secondary it's an arms race in the AFC West. We talked about that with all of the quarterbacks. In order to contend in that division, not only do you have to have a defense, I mean an offense that can score points, but you got to have a defense that can stop some people. And it seems like Brandon Staley and that Chargers front office are trying to put that together. Yeah, and when you look at a guy like J.C. Jackson, no one has more interceptions the last four years than him. He has 25. But, just, but he's a guy that you can match on any type of receiver. He can go inside and match up. He can go outside. You can put him on the number one at any point during the game. That was a It was a main reason why uh, New England went on from Gilmore and Stephon Gilmore and, and went with J.C. Jackson because they believed in him that much and they knew what they had. Now he's with the Chargers. And what's two of the things that you need, Chris, on defense? You need a pass rush and guys who can guard pass catchers. That's what the Los Angeles Chargers are doing right now. Now, at pick number 17 in this draft, I wouldn't be surprised if they go Jordan Davis because they actually had trouble stopping the run last year. But this is a major, major move for the Los Angeles Chargers, and they're going to be in to compete for some things this year too. No doubt. And Jordan Davis makes a ton of sense because Linville Joseph, my former teammate in their nose tackle, is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. But, yeah, J.C. Jackson, a terrific player the last couple of years. He's allowed a passer rating of 51.5 into his coverage. And he's led the league in interceptions and pass breakups as well. So he's a damn fine player, a guy that I had in the MVP conversation. But he's going to greener pastures, and by greener, we're talking to the tune of $82.5 million from the L.A. Chargers. So we'll keep you all up to date on all the free agency happenings around the National Football League. But we also got to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because this team has to be players in a different type of way when it comes to free agency, Harry. They've got a lot of guys on their roster that, they, that helped them win a championship two years ago that are impending free agents, starting with cornerback Carlton Davis, safety Jordan Whitehead, running back Leonard Fournette, Defensive tackle and Dominican Sue. Defensive end, Willie Golston. And then, of course, my former teammate, outside linebacker, Jason Pierre-Paul. So they've got a lot of housekeeping to do and trying to retain some key guys. 
Does, does one of those names pop out to you in terms of a guy that they absolutely have to have under contract in order to contend for a championship in 2022? Ooh, I want to say Carlton Davis um, because stop in the past, especially now in today's football, is going to be very, very key. I just don't think they're going to be able to pay him the money mm-hmm. and still try to keep a lot of those other guys. Leonard Fournette, and I know running backs come a dime in a dozen, but if it's one person Tom Brady loves, it's Leonard Fournette. But the guy that he loves the most is going to be named Rob Gronkowski. They have to have him back. Because not only does he do it in the pass game, Chris, he does it in the run game. And that's very imperative for a team offensively that Tom Brady is on. They want to run the football. They want to establish the run. You don't want to be one-dimensional in today's football as well. When it comes playoff time, you want to be able to rush it and ram the football down your opponent's throat. So I think it's very, very key. And I think right now they only have Cameron Brake tight end-wise. O.J. Howard's a free agent along with Gronk. So I think bringing Gronk back is the most important thing as well yeah and cam braid is not a trained killer when it comes to being an inline blocker he's more the receiver type we call those the queen tight ends guys that you move all across the formation (laughs) to create matchup nightmares and so I, i don't necessarily see him as that guy i think rob gronkowski can be that guy but gronk at this stage in his career is a situational player so you're not bringing him back to be your every down tight end you're bringing him back for Special situations, third downs, mm-hmm. red zone, goal line, Play, things of that playoffs, nature. When you got to playoffs, <laughs> and then all also with your two minute drill because they have that kind of rapport. That's why you're bringing Gronkowski back. If you're expecting anything more than 25, maybe 30 snaps from him, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're Jason Light. So that that being said, we know how much Gronk means to Brady, and I would be surprised that him agreeing to come back and play for the Bucks does not include a a caveat of Gronkowski or a condition of Gronkowski being a part of that mix. So look for the Bucs to continue to try to free up some cap space, restructure deals in order to be able to fit Gronk's contract in there. But I'm concerned about this Tampa Bay defensive secondary. Mm. Harry, I got to be honest with you. I know a lot of people are pointing to the offensive line. I mean, we we had Tom Krasnicki on, who's host of local radio down there in Tampa, and he said they resigned Aaron Stinney, and that's a guy that they like, the guy that's played a lot of snaps. He can fill in at one of those guard spots that was vacated this offseason. So you're really only talking about one of those positions that needs to be filled. They re-signed Ryan Jensen. You got to find another guard in there to solidify that guards and a guard trio. But in their secondary, I mean, they, they could potentially lose Carlton Davis, which we both think he's going to go sign and get a whole bunch of money from somebody. People are speculating that that contract is going to be in the $20 million range on average annual value. But Jordan Whitehead, their strong safety, is also an impending free agent. So, I mean, the guys that you have under contract, you've got Antoine Winfield Jr. and Sean Murphy Bunting, who spent a significant portion of this season hurt. So, I mean, those are the guys that you're riding with. you got half your secondary that's going to be missing. That can't be something that bodes well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, I think they also going to look at a guy like Mike Edwards. I think he played a lot of ball for him this year as well and made some plays. Uh, but I do agree with you. They're going to have to get more guys. Jamel Dean, Murphy's, uh, Murphy Bunting, I don't think that's going to be enough, especially being in the NFC South where they're going to pass the football. So that's just the, how the lead is now. We've seen the L.A. Chargers. They just signed J.C. Jackson. you got to yep. have your secondary locked up. When you got to have three corners, right, Harry? In today's football, with the, with the predominant personnel grouping for most teams being 11 personnel, that means one running back, one tight end. That's why we call it 11. But that means three wide receivers that are on the field. 
You got to have three corners to be able to match up on that with long downs and distances. In your nickel package, in your dime package, you got to have corners in today's NFL. And as far as I'm concerned, and looking at Tampa's roster, they only have one starting caliber corner. And you're talking about them missing a strong safety. Now, Mike, like you said, Mike Edwards made some plays. It'd be interesting to see if they view him as a full-time player rather than a sub-package guy. But, I mean, they've got some work to do on that secondary, especially with the way that Ty Bowles likes to play because that is an aggressive defense. They're always at the top of the league in terms of blitz rate. And if you don't got the guys on the back end to hold up, it's not going to look good for you. It's not going to bode well for you. And we saw that in the playoffs, even when they did have the guys back, given that that was the first time that they had all been back, you saw them get burned at the end of that game against the Rams with the throw to Cooper Cup that set up the go-ahead score for the Rams. So secondary has got to be – a huge concern for Jason Light, their general manager, as well as Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator. That's what I think they should prioritize, but that's me on the outside looking in. Coming up next, where do the Bucks stand in the NFC hierarchy? Harry and I might have a difference of opinion on this one. You might want to stick around to hear this. You're listening to ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Tap in on the Candy call-in line, 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. Tom Brady is back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, returning for his 23rd NFL season. Tom Brady Sr. will be joining Mike Greenberg on Greeny tomorrow morning at 1020 a.m., so you're going to want to tune in to hear that. That is appointment radio, ladies and gentlemen. But Harry and I still got to get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what happens to them in 2022 and how we should look at them going into this upcoming season because Harry, Caesars Sportsbook has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now that Tom Brady announced his return as the favorite out of the NFC to get to Super Bowl 57. Now, I know a lot of people feel a way about that because the Rams are the reigning defending champions and Aaron Rodgers told Green Bay that he's actually going to come back too. So it seems like those two teams, top to bottom, are more complete than what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are bringing to the table because they have a lot of impending free agents. But, Harry, we just got news throughout the break that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made a huge move, and it happened in the area that we said they had to address in free agency. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, according to our very own Adam Schefter, are expected to re-sign cornerback Carlton Davis. The Bucks are giving Davis a three-year deal for $45 million. That means $15 million on average annual value. So, Harry, it checks in a little bit lower than what we thought he would be getting. But what was your reaction when you heard the news in the break? He took a pay cut. He took a pay cut, and Tom, that's the Tom Brady effect. That's what Tom Brady does. That's the effect he has on teammates and guys who are going to be free agents. But at the same time, I thought it was very imperative that Tampa Bay Buccaneers sign Carlton Davis because the secondary and the defensive line, they work in unison. And I'll tell a lot of the listeners why that's important. When you look at a team like the New Orleans Saints, they're going to be my first example. They have the guys in the back end that can match up the last two years with a Tom Brady and a Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense because they had the safeties. They had the corners that can match up with those skill position players. Another team, back when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, 
they were able to match up on the back end, especially their safeties with running backs coming out of the backfield. That's one of the ways that Tom Brady and New England Patriots at the time used to take advantage of defenses. So when you have guys that can play a lot of different spots defensively, and you can go nickel and you can go dime, and guys can still tackle and make plays in a run game, it's to your advantage. So this is huge for Tampa Bay. No doubt about it. And it gives Carlton Davis some flexibility, too, because of the term of the deal. It's a three-year contract, Harry. Carlton Davis is 25 years old. You know what that means, right? He's going back to the table. He's going back to the table on the right side of 30. So he's going to get another bag of money. So this is the best of both worlds as far as he's concerned because he gets to stay in an environment that he's familiar with. He makes some money. I mean, $15 million is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> no state it's tax. Certainly, no state it's tax. So, no, no state tax. No state tax. It's certainly a below-market deal. He can run it back with Tom Brady, compete for a championship over the course of the next season or two, and then you're talking about him being a free agent after that. So I think Carlton Davis, from that perspective, it has to be a win. But does this move, along with Tom Brady coming back and them re-signing Ryan Jensen, Does this affect how you view the landscape of the NFC? And where would you put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when it comes to the favorites to make it out of the conference and go to the Super Bowl? I'll say if you're looking at it right now, uh, because free agency isn't done yet, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers second behind the Los Angeles Rams. And the reason why I say that, a lot of people, well, the Rams, they won the Super Bowl. How are they going to do this? How are they going to do that? They still have a guy named Aaron Donald. They have mm-hmm. Gaines. They have Alshon Robinson. They have Leonard Foyt. They have Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. Now they do have to get more corners, I feel like. They got to get better at the linebacker position. Troy Reader, he's a free agent. But offensively, when you look at the Rams offensively, they're bringing back two running backs, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. You still have Matthew Stafford. You have Cooper Cup, right? You have mm-hmm. Van Jefferson. Yep. You have Robert Woods coming back. You yep. have Higby coming back. So I'm not concerned about the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to be okay. I got Tampa Bay second right now. But if you, after free agency, they could be number one, depending on who else they bring in. Because I'm still concerned about those guard positions for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When you look at a guy like Tom Brady, and Chris, you know this, you played the defensive line and was damn good at it. Trust me, I know about it from experience. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is not for an escape and run away from anybody. <laughs> so the, they need to make sure that he's protected the right way. They have Tristan Wirth, Donovan Smith outside of the tackle position. You have Jensen, but you got to get those two guard positions sold up. No doubt about it. And it sounds like Tampa is going to give Aaron Stinney, a guy that's been in their program for a couple of years, an opportunity first crack at one of those guard spots. And so they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do at the other one. And you would expect – that they would address that in free agency or at least try to, and if not in free agency, then via the NFL draft because this is a good year to need offensive linemen, especially at the top of this year's draft. you got a lot of guys that can play the interior offensive line position as as well as a lot of tackles. So Mm -hmm. just depending on what direction that they want to go, how they want to shuffle it up, they have options when it comes to the offensive line and being able to address it. But I'm glad that they got their secondary cleared up for me Harry, I've got the Bucks as the team to beat in the NFC. And that's no shade to, LA, to the L.A. Rams and them being the champs. And I guess it's a little bit of shade toward Aaron Rodgers just because a quarterback that keeps as much nonsense going on as him. Drama queen. You know, drama queen. That, that stuff doesn't play well when it comes to trying to do high-level winning in the NFL. Like, I was on a championship team. You don't need to have all of that noise going on. Quite frankly, Aaron Rodgers didn't have all of that noise going on when he won his championship. It was quiet around there. He was still trying to prove himself as a pro in this league before he got that chip. But I agree with you, Chris. I agree with you. I think after free agency, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to be one on my list. So I I don't disagree with you. Where Where did the Dallas Cowboys fall in that? 
Because that's the team that everybody wants to talk about. And we just saw they lost another receiver today with Cedric Wilson deciding that he wanted to sign with the Miami Dolphins. So the Dolphins are active today. But the Cowboys traded Amari Cooper over the weekend to the Cleveland Browns for, I believe it was a fifth-round pick. And now you're talking about Cedric Wilson walking away in free agency. They did get about the business of re-signing Michael Gallup to the tune of five years, $62.5 million. You do still have CeeDee Lamb. But a lot of depth on that receiver position for the Cowboys is gone now. So where would you put this Dallas Cowboys team? Because this is a team that a lot of people thought can compete for a championship last year. I think they have a lot of holes to fill defensively. They have a lot of guys mm. that's going to be free agents. You look at the safety position. I think they got to find guys there. The linebacker position, they got to find guys there. Um, you look at Randy Gregory. Uh, is he going to be back? Is Demarcus Lawrence going to take a pay cut? They have so many question marks in, in so many places. But at the same time, I'm glad they franchise tag Dalton Schultz. I thought he was a key piece to yep. their offense. Um, they have C.D. Lamb. I knew they wanted C.D. Lamb to be their number one wide receiver when they drafted him. I seen the writing on the walls way before a lot of other people seen it. Uh, you traded away Mar- Amari Cooper. I thought that was a good trade. A lot of people didn't like it. Let me tell you why. You can't pay a guy $20 million, and then when, when, when it's nut-cutting time, he's not stepping up and ooh, making the plays. Ooh, you, you strong, can't, Harry. You can't do it. Strong, you can't, strong. You can't okay. do it. Hey, that, that, hey, listen, That's not. Hey, this is not a straight-talk promotion, but that is straight-talk. <laughs> no chaser, for sure. But, I mean, I look at the Dallas Cowboys, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The identity of this team is going to shift from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. This is going to be a team whose formula for success is going to go through Michael Parsons, who might be their best player on the team, Harry. It's crazy to say that about a second-year player. He He, might be the the best player on the Dallas Cowboys right now. He's the best. That that team is going to be led by that side of the ball more so than what happens uh, on the offensive side. Be interesting to see if they can hang on to Randy Gregory because he's a pass rusher that nobody's talking about. But young pass rushers are hard to find. Jerry Jones has stayed with him throughout his substance abuse issues. It it would be really interesting. It would raise an eyebrow if Jerry would just let him walk out of the door and walk out on all the potential that Randy Gregory has. So we'll see what happens on that front. But the number's 888-729-3776. Who do you think the best team in the NFC is? Harry and I both think it'll be the Bucks by the time the season rolls around. If you agree with us, if you say different, we want to hear from you. Again, the number is 888-SAY-ESPN. Tap in on the candy call in line. Coming up next, our very own Mina Kimes joins us to try to make sense of the NFL free agents frenzy. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. With the safe return of live events, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. That's right, every alley-oop, every one-timer, and every sideline grab can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, you can earn rewards like free tickets. All you got to do is collect stamps, redeem, and repeat. It's that easy. From the upper level to courtside, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the events that matter to you. So grab your tickets today and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Back after this. Hey, it's Greeny, and we're going to be busy on Tuesday. Tom Brady made all the news over the weekend. His dad, Tom Brady Sr., will join me to explain it all. That's Tuesday with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio. 
Harry Douglas and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on Twitter at hdouglas83 and at chriscanny99. And Harry, for more insight on what's going on around the National Football League, we got to bring in one of the best in the business, ESPN NFL analyst and host of the Mina Kimes show, the podcast featuring Lenny, Mina Kimes. And Mina, before we get to Brady coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a 23rd season, I know it's a new week. I want to know, are you over your quarterback, Russell Wilson, being traded to the Denver Broncos? Uh, not really. <laughs> uh, still not thrilled with the return that Seattle got. Obviously, there's a huge question mark at quarterback. Um, and I think, actually, you know, we're not really going to know how the team views their roster in terms of, like, whether they're in a full rebuild, a partial rebuild, whatever, until we see what they do at quarterback. There's still a lot of options out there ranging from drafting a player to rolling with Drew Locke, which is not my preference, um, to (laughs) signing free agent, making a trade. So uh, it's kind of in wait-and-see mode with Seattle. They did sign some of their free agents today. Love the Quandre Diggs deal, the Al Woods deal. Uh, but the jury's still out on what next season's going to look like. All right, Mina. So Brady came back last night. He announced on social media that his place is not on the stands. It's on the field. And so with that being said, looking at the NFC teams, who's the best team in the conference? I would say the Rams uh, with the Packers as a close second. And then I would put the Bucks third and – I might be tempted to actually raise the bucks after seeing that they were able to retain Carlton Davis on a pretty reasonable contract, which is something I didn't anticipate. Though it looks like the cornerback market generally is softer than I expected with JC Jackson signing in uh, with the chargers for less than I would have anticipated, you know, he's kind of the jewel of the class. Um, but you know, the bucks are, have been able to retain a lot of their talent. And I think that starts with the fact that they kept Tom Brady, uh, you know, their approach right now seems to be what it was last season, which is restructure some deals, fit guys under the cap by using void years like they did with Ryan Jensen, push that pain down the road, and it's the right one because when you have Tom Brady, you got to be all in. Mina, let's go to the AFC West. You mentioned the Chargers and J.C. Jackson. They brought over Khalil Mack via trade uh, to pair him with Joey uh, Bosa. You have Duran James in that secondary. They mess around and draft another big guy in the middle in the draft. Do you like the chances with the Chargers, knowing that division is going to be one of the toughest ones, if not the toughest one this year in football? I love it. I love this team. I love what they're doing. I love the fact that they have a quarterback on a rookie contract, superstar quarterback, and they are doing everything possible to maximize that window. Um, You know, I think in in Mac and, of course, Jackson, you know, you you didn't just acquire – mid-level free agents you acquire genuine stars even if mac is on the wrong side of 30 that contract is super reasonable it's about a 17 million dollar cap hit this year and then after that total flexibility i think it helps them in their biggest issue which was run defense um i know khalil mac is an edge rusher but he really will help them uh the way they use those odd fronts they need their outside linebackers to set the edge i do think you're right that they're going to have to add some beef in the middle and then with jc jackson you know this is a defense that was really bad on third down last year when they had to play man coverage so i think that solves that as well they're a contender like not just a division contender i think it's legitimate super bowl contender all right mina me and chris we had a discussion about which quarterback he would take he took joe burrow i took you know 
that guy with the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers. Really quick, who would you take? I would take Herbert. I think it's close. Obviously, Joe Burrow is a star as well, but I just think Justin Herbert. That's what I'm talking about, Mina. Justin Herbert makes throws that Joe Burrow can. I'm sorry. Mina, you said at the end of last season you were leaning toward Joe Burrow. Now you're waffling back to Justin Herbert. I remember saying that, man. I think you're confusing me with someone else because I've been pretty consistent on the Herbert train. No, okay, okay, Mina. I'm gonna let you have that. I feel like we gotta go back. I feel like we gotta go back and check the tape, but we don't have time <laughs> to do that right now while we got you on the hook. But while you're still with us, I do have to ask you about Deshaun Watson. The report is that he's expected to meet with the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers on Wednesday before trade talks start to ramp up yeah. at the start of the new league year. Which team do you like to fit better for Deshaun Watson with? The Saints or the Panthers? Well, the Saints are obviously the better team, and having Watson turns them into contenders as well. But I do think it's important to note that um, just because Watson wasn't criminally charged, which, by the way, is is not uncommon with cases like this, doesn't mean he's not going to be suspended. There's precedent for this. Um, The league suspended Ben Roethlisberger, most notably, despite the fact that he was not criminally charged. So even if they were to acquire Deshaun Watson this season, it's very likelihood that he might not play the majority of games. The Pittsburgh Steelers decided Mason Rudolph was not that guy. They just decided that, and they we all knew that. They had Mitchell Trubisky now. Do you think he'll be able to help the Pittsburgh Steelers thrive and make it far in the playoffs? No, I don't. Sorry. I I, I just uh, – I think he's, I guess, an upgrade over Mason Rudolph. But uh, while I understand the belief that Mitch Trubisky has talent, physical tools maybe that weren't utilized, especially near the end of his tenure – in Chicago, we also have seen him play a lot of football at this point and not play it super well. And, you know, the precedent of quarterbacks recovering from or I guess turning things around after that many starts and turning into a playoff caliber uh, passer is just almost non-existent. Well, Mina, we appreciate a few moments of your time. We know you're busy with NFL free agency. Stuff is going crazy around the league, and it's been like that since the beginning of last week. Well, we appreciate you jumping on with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Bye, guys. All right. That's ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes, also the host of the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny Podcast. So check that out wherever you get your podcast. Coming up next, Harry and I will tell you why Kirk Cousins' extension in Minnesota doesn't mean he'll be suiting up for the Vikings in 2022. We'll explain. You're listening to ESPN Radio. More after this. ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and E+. And Harry, we just got word that Kevin Durant released a statement regarding his post-game press conference comments toward New York City Mayor Eric Adams, in the statement reads from Kevin Durant, and I quote, the last two years have been a difficult and painful time for New Yorkers, as well as a very confusing time with the changing landscape of the rules and mandates. I do appreciate the task the mayor has in front of him with all the city has been going through. My frustration with the situation doesn't change the fact that I will always be committed to helping the communities and cities I live in and play in. So, Harry, Kevin Durant, at least having some awareness that his comments might not have landed the way that he wanted them to when it came to what he was saying about the vaccine mandate yesterday. But after hearing this statement from him, does that change your position about how Kevin Durant handled himself in the postgame and how that could potentially be detrimental 
to the vaccine mandate being lifted in a timely fashion for the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I'm, I'm glad he came out and said something about it. And I didn't like in the, in the, in the post game that he said that Mayor Adams better do something about it. That That's just not the right thing, the right mm. way to go about it at all. And you're supposed to, like you mentioned, address him as Mayor Adams. And I'm going to say this. Listen, he's a black man in a, in a very high position in New York. Show the man to respect what respect is due. Harry, just to take it a step further, he's a very powerful black man in this country. Yeah. Everybody knows the name of the mayor of New York City. Even if they live in North Dakota, they know the name of the mayor of New York City. It's that important of a job. And, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to the vaccine mandates. There are a lot of city employees that were laid off because they failed to capitulate with the vaccine mandates. They didn't want to get vaccinated. They lost their jobs. For Mayor Eric Adams to cave to the pressure that Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets organization try to put on them in order to get Kyrie back on the court pales in comparison to the situations that they're dealing with and how they affect the everyday lives of New Yorkers. There are still people that are struggling to recover from this pandemic. And so for Kevin Durant to make those comments without providing context and without at least acknowledging the struggles that other people are going through, Harry, for me, that was the sad part about how he handled it in the postgame yesterday. Yeah, I think a light bulb went off. I'm up here looking at a light bulb right now in Studio Chris. A light bulb went off in his mind. You know what? The way I said it and the way it came off could be a, a not a little bit brash, but just brash, period. And I had to I gotta issue something, a statement to let these people know I'm not against them. Yeah, so the Nets have been fined fifty thousand dollars for violating local health and safety protocols by letting Kyrie Irving enter the team locker room on Sunday. Harry Douglas and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter at HDouglas83, at ChrisCandy99. Also tap in on the Candy call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Now we're going to get to the Vikings and Kirk Cousins signing a one-year extension worth $35 million. But first... We're going to go out to the call-in line and bring on Jason in New York. Jason, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? How's it going, Kent? you always been a big fan of yours. Appreciate it, Jay. What you got for us today? So, I think you guys might be leaving a team out that might be in the NFC contention. The Philadelphia Eagles. I honestly feel like they're going to take the NFC easily. And as long as they put the right pieces around Jalen Hurts and sure up that defense, they could be a very easy contender. Jason, I got to ask this first before we let you go. Are you an Eagles fan? No, actually I'm not. I'm actually a Buffalo Bills fan. Oh well, I mean, I mean, life doesn't get much better for you. I mean, your team is the fa- your team is the odds-on favorite to win the conference. So you got to be pretty excited about where you guys are at. Well, we appreciate the phone call. And Harry, I think Jason makes a good point because Philadelphia is a playoff team. They also have a quarterback on a rookie contract. They got three first-round draft picks, and they do have some cap space to be able to do some things. So Philadelphia is certainly one of those teams that we're going to have to watch in terms of the moves that they make over the course of the next couple of months because it could dictate the the landscape or the hierarchy in the NFC. Also keep in mind the division that they play in, the NFC East, they haven't had a repeat champion since, what, 2004? And it's weak. So it's been a long time since you've had a team go back-to-back titles, NFC East titles. So uh, Philadelphia is one of those teams that you got to take a long, strong, hard look at because – 
They made the playoffs with a quarterback that was in his first year as a full-time starter, and they got a ton of draft capital to make some moves. So Philly is not a team to be slept on. Well, I just think the Philadelphia Eagles, the last, I think, two or three, maybe four drafts, they drafted a lot of wide receivers. Um, I think the most production they they have gotten out of those, those drafts when it came to the wide receiver position was Devontae Smith. Uh, Jalen Rieger, he's been a disappointment. Quez Watkins, he's coming along. Um, Let me tell you who's not a disappointment, Devontae Smith. No, that's what I'm saying. Devontae he's Smith. He's not a disappointment. <laughs> no, he, that was a good pick, but I think they, they got to add another wide receiver to that room, a guy with some size that can move, that is shifty at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this draft, they have a lot of guys in this draft that they can't draft in that position, but you can't miss like you've missed on the other ones. that you. It's no way you pass up on Justin Jefferson to draft, to draft Jalen Rieger. It's no, no way. No, there's no way, but the Philadelphia Eagles also have a lot of impending free agents on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you got the both safeties, Anthony Harris and Rodney McLeod, as well as cornerback Steven Nelson. So they're going to have to address their secondary in a meaningful way. And then up front, they could actually use some help too. Derek Barnett, I think, is an impending free agent as well. So they've got to they've got to address those positions. But uh, they got a lot of draft capital to do some things, Harry. And as you mentioned, this is a team that you got to pay attention to. They actually have the 12th most cap space of any team in the National Football League, a little over $23 million. So – Certainly a team to watch because they can reshape this thing. Howie Roseman and and their new head coach, Nick Sirianni, they can reshape this thing, and the Philadelphia Eagles could be one of those teams that enters title contention. I don't think that will happen just because I think Jalen Jalen Hurts has to make some huge strides in order order to to put himself at that level where his team can contend. But in in terms of all the other pieces, they've got a strong offensive line. I mean, yes. they've got a defensive front that's pretty stout against the run. So when you look at the Eagles, I mean, there are some issues, some holes that they've got to address. But overall, you like the direction that this team is trending in because they have a firm identity. And, Harry, I'll, I'll leave it at this with the Eagles. When you can run the ball and you can stop the run, that's a formula that always plays well once you get into postseason. Jalen Hurts just has to graduate into a quarterback that can make those handful of throws that can be the difference in this team winning games versus losing games. I agree with you. And I got to give a maybe shout-out to John Gannon, the defensive coordinator. Another guy from Louisville. All right, there you go. There you go. Well, let's take a guy from Texas, go out to the call-in line and bring on Donnie. Donnie, what's up? What's up, Harry and Canty? Hey, look, uh, real quick. Canty, I used to love your face mask, man. Hey, (laughs) you look just like a buddy of mine down here in Orange, Texas, man. Same time from Earl Thomas. When you get when you argue on first take, y'all's face look just alike, man. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to throw that out there, man, since I'll probably never talk to y'all again. But I think the Green Bay Packers, man, um, both of you guys are uh, former professional football players. And I know that you know that football is the ultimate team sport. Ultimate team sport. So I just think when we, we emphasize too much about Rodgers versus Brady, Brady versus – Tom Brady, there'll never be a resume in professional football as good as his again. He is the GOAT, and rightfully so, due to his resume. But, man, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, and I'm not a Packers fan. I might be, as much as I'm riding the coattails right now. But, <laughs> you, you know, um, they, we, we, we put too much stock in Rodgers losing his – and I, I listened to him on the ESPN. Special teams lost their football game. We don't bring up the fact that um, the big boy, the, the running back uh, – What's um, the Boston College running back? Uh, A.J. Dillon. Uh, yeah, A.J. Dillon. You know, he got hurt in that game. 
and running the ball in the snow, they needed him, you know, because Aaron Jones is not a between the tackles type guy. They needed him, and we praised Tom Brady for coming back against the Rams. But if you remember, the Rams turned the ball over six times and snapped the ball over Stafford's head. But as soon as Brady got within three points and they tied it up, that Tom Brady is the greatest. Man, the Rams almost gave that game away, man. So it's just funny how the narrative is always about the quarterback. But anyways, I do think the Packers are a team to beat. I think Aaron Rodgers finally gets it done this year. Love y'all show, man, and uh, keep doing good things. Well, Donnie, we appreciate the phone call. And I'll say this. I, I don't think you can challenge Tom Brady in terms of his impact on a team winning. The resume speaks for itself. Ten Super Bowls. I mean, he's won seven of them. I, I, I just – you got to – you put him in a separate category from everybody else. Now, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's going to take all of the heat because his team was only – were they able to beat – they lost to a team at home in the playoffs, inclement weather, when they had the first round by and a team that didn't score an offensive touchdown. That That's the team that they lost to. So if you allow that to happen, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're supposed to be this transcendent talent, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, it doesn't go down like that in the divisional round. It just doesn't. And take it from somebody that knows, Harry, I've seen it up close and personal. The Packers were 15-1 and in 2011. And we went up to Green Bay, and we took care of that business. I can promise you the game wasn't as close as the final score would indicate, and the final score was 37-20. to 20. Well, Chris, so, so that just, just to give you some context, Aaron Rodgers proving that he can get it done at the most important times, especially at home, is starting to become a thing. It's an ugly trend. And so for a quarterback that's supposed to be viewed as one of the best in the league, one of the greatest of all time, to keep coming up small in some of the biggest moments – that that changes the narrative around your career, like it or not. And perception is reality when it comes to the NFL. And the fact of the matter is this. If you want to be in that GOAT conversation, you got to go to multiple Super Bowls. You got to win multiple Super Bowls. That ain't where A-Rod is, Harry. No, no, no. And he was uncharacteristic in that playoff game as well. Uh, he didn't take his check downs. If you just throw the end cut, instead of trying to force it to Devontae Adams, they may win that game with a field goal. So Coming up next, we got Brady's return to the Bucks, and are they the favorite in the NFC?